This is the Cultural Quarter of an Hour podcast and I'm Charlotte Foster. Every week we'll be looking at the culture all around Stoke-on-Trent and North Staffordshire. Some weeks I'll be visiting events, others I'll be hearing the stories of the people who make this area what it is. Now, when you think of culture, you might just think of dusty museums, art galleries full of paintings or people in ball gowns playing violins. But actually, it's so much more than that. It's all around us. When I first started this podcast, it was very important to me that it wasn't just a content that we focused on. We actually looked at all the stuff that goes on around North Staffordshire. So that's why right now I'm walking from my house in Newcastle all the way to Newcastle Town Centre, literally just around the corner from where I live, um, to find out a little bit more about what's going on in the Heritage Open Days, which are taking place all over the place uh, this weekend. Lots of stuff going on in Newcastle. Hopefully I'm going to find out some hidden secrets that are on my doorstep. First place I'm popping into on my Heritage Open Day tour is St Giles Church. There's a couple of reasons. One is the people who are building the uh, the village for older people, it, where Maxims used to be, they're in there asking for memories. And second of all, this church, I've seen it so many times, I've been in it a couple of times, but I've never really found out much about its history. And I thought this is a perfect opportunity. My name's Daniel Turner and I'm going to be the experience uh, coordinator, heritage experience coordinator for the Belong Village in Newcastle and Lyme. The village is, is going to be a place for people with dementia and you know people without dementia uh, to live uh, with a kind of a community, uh, community base for it. There's going to be... Um, an emphasis on uh, sort of organising heritage, uh, you know, heritage events, uh, dealing with lots, lots of periods of local history uh, for for people both living, you know, uh, in the village and also sort of visiting. And it's being built somewhere that a lot of people around here know. Yeah, uh, it's based around the Maxims uh, nightclub and uh, at the moment we've got a thing with the New Vic Theatre who are writing a play based on people's experiences, uh, not just from Maxims but all the, the various incarnations of, uh, you know, uh, the Placemates, Sammy Bells and uh, the old Pomona Inn. And you're after people's memories, aren't you? Yeah, we're after people's memories, anecdotes, funny stories, anything like that, uh, so that they can turn it into a play which will be performed uh, both in the round. Uh, I think there's some street theatre being organised as well. And then when the village is complete, we'll be doing a performance in, uh, in, sort of, yeah, in the village. And what have you been finding out so far? What have people been telling you about it? Some, some people have been in today and they've brought us some leaflets... Uh, some of the you know little brochures from Sammy Bells, uh, some of the uh, you know nightclub passes for the placemate saying you know twenty five p to get in that was quite cool, and a, a gentleman came in who was um, uh, born in the Pomona Inn, so uh, uh, he he basically you know told told us that he was born there. Uh, he's had a, an interview with the New Vic Theatre and uh, given all his uh, stories there. And then one of the DJs came in and told us that he'd been once mistaken for uh, Bruno Brooks and taken on holiday to Lanzarote. And uh, yeah, uh, and someone stole uh, stole his jumper because they thought he was Bruno Brooks. Years later, he met somebody and and had said, "Oh, you look like Bruno Brooks." 
I went on holiday with Bruno Brooks once to Lanzarote and my wife stole his, you know, stole Bruno Brooks's jumper and the DJ was able to say actually yeah, that wasn't Bruno Brooks's jumper it was mine and that was quite good How important is it to get these memories for, for the village? Uh, well there's a lot of research been done recently I think by a guy called Von Lem that suggests that sort of heritage uh, is the best way, you know, uh, to help people with dementia, you know, uh, memories. And that's what we're trying to do is uh, create a place that evokes the memories for people, you know, living there and uh, getting them getting them to chat and open up. I'm the Reverend Anne Taylor and I work as an assistant priest at St Giles and St Thomas Butterton. Well, it's always been here, not this particular building, but certainly a church will have been on this site for as long as Newcastle has been here. Our tower is is medieval, it has been here and there's been many churches built up against it. This last church was built in about 1873 to replace a church which had been built in 1721. And how important is this site to Newcastle? Well, I believe it's one of the spiritual centres of Newcastle. Up until the 19th century, there would have been no other Anglican churches here. St George's would have been the first one besides this building, uh, which that was built in about 1823. Of course, there's a non-conformist chapel next door to us. Um, I think it is a very important... It's, it's a, it's an iconic building. It's a building which you see when you get into Newcastle. It's quite high up. Uh, it's quite imposing. It, the churchyard would have been the only place to bury people for a thousand years. Yes, important. And a lot of history here as well then. Huge amount of history. History of Newcastle and history of St Giles are synonymous. What drew you to be part of this church? <laughs> family because I was grew up in a family who lived around here I myself was baptized here when I was a month old uh, dare I say nearly 71 years ago <laughs> so this church has always played a role in your life an enormous role yes I have been away from it for very short times when I've been uh, when I was first married and various other times with work but uh, yes, I've always found St Giles has been my spiritual home and uh, a place which my family and I have always enjoyed to be. My great-great-grandfather was the first of the family to move into Newcastle. So yes, a good couple of hundred years. How does it feel then when you, when you walk in here uh, any day of the week really? I love it if there's things happening and there's lots of people, that's great. But to walk in when it's quiet and I go and sit on my seat and I say morning prayer or, and it's it quiet and it just in, you just get enveloped in the love of God. How important is being part of the community? That is so important. The church in Newcastle, St Giles, has been at the centre of community way back, way back to 
over a thousand years. It has been at the centre of community. We are still the civic church and the mayor will come here for the civic service. The mayor will come here with the corporation for Remembrance Day and we will be very much involved in the things of the town. We would hope that they always feel comfortable to come here and share special town events here in St Giles. I'm about to go in a building I have driven past and walked past I don't know how many times. It is the Unitarian Meeting House. It's that white building in the shadow of the tower from St Giles. And on the just opposite uh, Little Travel Lodge, the old Maxims, which is now obviously a new village, which we've just been hearing about as well. This white building, I have never in my life stepped inside its doors and I'm about to do it now. My name is Judy Bridge and I'm a member of the Unitarians in Newcastle under Lyme. It's, uh, it wasn't where I first came to when I moved to Stoke, uh, but... I eventually found a little blue sign out here saying how welcome everybody was. And I came in and it was the most liberal, diverse religious group that I'd ever found. And it suited me to a T. And I've been here ever since. So if you could, wouldn't mind telling me a little bit about this building. This is a building I have walked past and driven past. I well, I've lost count of the amount of times I've walked past and driven past this building. And yet this today is the first time I have stepped inside to my shame. Because uh, just, yeah, if you could just tell me a little bit about, about this building, please. OK, well, first of all, you're not alone. A lot of people in Newcastle know it's here, but have no idea what it is. So this building was built in... 1717, exactly 300 years ago. But it isn't the first building that was on this site. There was a first building built in 1694. However, it had a pretty ropey history. <laughs> really? Yes. Well, well, we all think corruption in local government and in the church is something new, but it certainly isn't. And as a result of changing circumstances in terms of nonconformist religion and royalists and the necessity, so they found, to replace all local government officials with royalists, there was a riot and an enormous fire that built down the original burning, uh, meeting house. And this one was re-erected on the same site two years later. So you'll see in the wall hanging that there is a magnificent picture showing the riot and the burning in which the mayor and the church next door, St. Giles, were complicit. <gasps> Fascinating history. Goodness me. Well, let's go and have a look then, please. Okay. Can you show you the way? So what, what, is this the, the chapel area? This is. This is the chapel where we worship. 
However, originally it was just a chapel, but we've had the pews removed, we've exposed a beautiful floor, and it's also now a multi-purpose room. So it's really a, an enjoyable place to be. It's, it's got a lovely warm feeling. And uh, we meet here the sec- twice a month, second and fourth Sundays. And once a month we have a shared meal afterwards. So, and the services are unusual. There could be readings from anywhere, you name it. It could be from literature, it could be from science, could be f- philosophy, or it could be religion, or I should say religions, because it could be from any religion. Uh, and no religion. It, it's a very open place, and it's because it's a place where people come to think about and explore their, their own religious path, where they want to go. It's not Christian, it's not got a specific uh, set of uh, rules or no creed. Everyone is a thinker who thinks for themselves. And this building, like you say, is 300 years old this year. How are you marking it? Well, we've had, since I guess July, we've had a series of events. Many of them, or most of them, are to do with crafting groups that are being held just to draw people in to get to know where the meeting house is and what it is. And uh, one of the other big projects we've done is we've made a historical wall hanging showing the history of the meeting house since 1717. My name's Sarah Bonham and I'm a creative producer uh, and I run with uh, my partner Letting Him Alight and we're a participatory arts company based in Stoke and we helped the Unitarian Meeting House write their heritage lottery application and are running the programme of activities for them for this project. This year, the Unitarian Meeting House are commemorating 300 years of being rebuilt after it got burnt down by rioters. So we've come up with the project and lots of different elements of it, using creative processes to engage people in heritage, to encourage them to come into the building and have a look at it for the first time. So we've done things like animation, upcycling workshops, um, lots of different talks and today's celebration. Some people might be surprised to find out you are involved in this and because it, it's a heritage project, where does the arts come in? Yeah, it is an interesting one. We worked on a project in Longton about five years ago and we had a market stall in Longton and we were recording people's memories of Longton and the market and we realised that using creative activities works really well to engage people in heritage. Um, so one of the things done here, we had a live graffiti spray outside the building the other week. So we had a graffiti artist with his mask on outside doing a, a live spray and we had lots of people but he was looking at um, he was using imagery that was old old imagery historical imagery from the building and using texts um, so it's opened the heritage up to a whole different range of people and people that wouldn't normally access heritage or maybe the arts even and this is one of those buildings that's been around well obviously 300 years but it, it's one of those buildings I think a lot of people walk past they know where it is they know maybe a little bit about what it is 
but so many people just haven't stepped inside the front door, have they? No, and that, that this is what this project's about, raising awareness of the building and, and them having the door open. So that blue door, it's now blue, it's been painted especially for the weekend, um, having that door open because if it's shut in the week, people don't see what happens here and it's just a real shame. So the, the activities we're doing are all about promoting that and having the door open so people just stick their heads through and say, what happens in here? I've never been in here before. And what kind of reaction have you been getting this to, today and, and through the other activities you get? Really, um, really good, really positive. People love the space. Um, they find it a relaxing space to be in, um, just a nice atmosphere, very welcoming space to be. We have lots of interest as well about the whole thing about Unitarianism and what it is and people don't understand it. Uh, and I, mean, I can't answer the question. Well, I know a little bit, having worked with the group in the last year or so. But the fact that um, the whole ethos is freedom, reason and tolerance. And people find that quite surprising in a building that t- is viewed as a building where people worship. So it, it, it's been really good. The feedback's been really positive. It's amazing, isn't it, when you think about it, that there's so much stuff right here on our doorsteps that we probably walk past day in, day out without realising just exactly what goes on behind that door, what goes on in in that building that you see uh, maybe every single day. When we go on holiday, we make a real effort, don't we, to go out and find all these places. And yet when we're at home, we do just take it a little bit for granted. So in the, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be looking at the uh, the hidden treasures of Stoke-on-Trent um, coming up. Also, you heard Judy talking about the wall hanging at the Unitarian Meeting House. She talked so passionately and so beautifully about that wall hanging. I've decided that uh, it's going to be a whole episode on its own coming up very, very soon. So uh, keep downloading the the podcast to hear that. It was fascinating and just so beautiful and intricate. The pictures will absolutely do not do it justice. If you do get a chance to go into the meeting house, do go and have a look at that wall hanging. It's utterly, utterly stunning. And I think one thing I've learned this weekend is just to go and be a little bit nosy. Be a tourist in your own hometown. It's so much fun. As always, do get in touch with me. You can do that via social media. Facebook is Cultural Quarter of an Hour Podcast. And on Twitter, it is at CQH Pod. Love hearing from you. Love getting your responses. And of course, download the podcast every Wednesday.